who gets in trouble if something goes south? Are they're going to look at you and say, did you do the things to verify that these yes. investors qualify? Yes, exactly. Welcome back to video three in this masterclass series all about raising capital. We've got Vina Jetty here. We've got Nick, the attorney. And this is really cool. If you guys missed any of the previous videos, be sure to go back and watch those in order because we're moving right along here on really how to go big with your real estate business, how to raise capital so that you can do more deals and do bigger deals. Yes. And like we've been saying, this is absolutely critical to your success. I would say, don't even start, go back to whatever you were doing before. Don't even go down the road of real estate unless raising money becomes a really big part of your journey. Yeah. It's it, this is a be. skill set. Yeah. And it is the most crucial piece of it. You cannot get to a billion dollars bootstrapping. You no. just can't. No. You it's can't. It's not possible. Yeah. Or self-funding. Yeah. I mean, you maybe it's possible, but it's not possible in one lifetime. Yeah. If you're self-funding deals, yeah. man, you're on the slow path no. to this game. It's not about that. Yeah. And so in this video, we have Nick here again, and we're going to be talking about your different types of investors, right? Versus uh, uh, an accredited. We talked mm -hmm. a little bit about that in the previous video. Non-accredited versus mm -hmm. sophisticated. Are those three different types of investors, yes. the main three or yes. the only three? Not the, the only three, but they're, they're, okay. they're going to be the main three. Okay. okay. So Nick, why don't you take it away here and help us understand why does this matter? Why do we classify an investor as a certain type of investor? Yeah. And and why is it some funds can do certain things with those types of investors, some funds can't? Why does that matter so much? Yeah. So the reason that we're concerned with this is that that's going to help us understand which exemptions might work for us. And okay. so we learned in the previous uh, video, you know, we if we're selling security, we, we either must register or have an exemption. And so understanding what our investors are looking like, that's going to help us know which uh, exemptions might work for us. Okay. So it's all about those exemptions because we do not want to have to register a security for the most part with what we're doing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so what's an accredited investor? Let's start with accredited. So yeah, there's there's many ways to be an accredited investor, but the common ways that individuals and your retail investors would become that is primarily through their income or their net worth. And so if we're looking at income, we're saying you've made $200,000 or more for the past two years and expect to make that much or more this year. Um, that's for an individual. If we're talking about spouses or spousal equivalents, then we up that number to 300,000. Do they base it off of like how you file your tax return, like married filing jointly? Would, would that how they look at that? Co correct. Okay. Yeah. So if you're filing jointly, uh, then you'd be the spousal or spousal equivalent, in which case you'd have to have that $300,000 track record. Okay. But why? I mean, why do they need to be accredited and have that type of income level So or net worth level? Yeah. So part of it is that, you know, if you're, you're making that kind of income and, and overall, if you're accredited, typically you're going to be able to bear the stand a bit, uh, bear the storm a bit better. You know, if the investment goes bad and you're making $300,000, yeah, you're going to fill it, but you're probably not going to be out of your house. Hopefully. Yeah. It's not uh, their last $10,000 right. that exactly. they invested is the idea, right? Yes. Exactly. So you and treat them a little differently. Basically, they're they're It's a big boy, a big girl. They know they should know what they're doing. Exactly. A bit. Or they exactly. should have the resources to have. Weather it. Yeah. To have, well, financial stability, but also like when you're making $300,000 a year, you probably can access like financial advisors mm -hmm. and tax registers or other professionals that maybe are in the industry to get some better business advice. Or hopefully it's not your first time investing in something. That right? too. You've got exactly. maybe a little experience. That too. Yeah. And so, but income is just one of the main ways that people meet the standard. The other one is? The other one is through your net worth. And so if you have a net worth of $1 million or more, but we exclude your primary residence. 
So a lot of people's biggest investment and biggest part of their net worth is where they live. And so with accredited investors, we take that out. So we take out where you live, you take out your primary residence. And if you still have a net worth of $1 million or more, then you'd be accredited. As Which well. I'm surprised they haven't adjusted that for like, because a million now, is two Not million is what much. the old million yeah. was. You know what Correct. I mean? Yeah. It, well, that's great, I guess. They're talking it? about it. So it could adjust okay. at some point. They've talked about it. But similarly with the income, you know, I think it's been since the 90s, I want to say. The that 80s. They, yeah, I think the, I read the, the 200,000. So think of 200,000 in the 80s versus now. Very drastically yeah. different. Massively different. <laughs> so an accredited investor is actually not that special anymore. Not <laughs> it's anymore. It's almost like you're a white collar worker. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, basically. Or, yeah. you, or you have like a little bit of crypto money from yeah. back in the heydays. Who knows? So in the 80s, it was a big deal. Not so much today. Not because so much of, anymore. You know, that type of money. Isn't Which as, is great for someone starting now. Yeah. Because now there's more opportunity than there's ever been. Significantly more accredited. Yes, now. significant. And... You know, the million dollars excluding the primary home is actually the hardest, I think, for California homeowners, <laughs> right? Because like so many times, if you own a house in California, you have like half a million in equity yep. right there. But we have to exclude that when we're looking at the net worth. Correct. Um, so, okay. So you have income and net worth are the two primary to figure out if you're accredited. We'll talk about another one, though, because this might help some of the people out there. Yes. Is This is a newer one. But if you are a knowledgeable party party of the issuer, so say Vina's selling a deal, she's going to be the issuer. And so if we when we say knowledgeable party, we're talking about typically like a C-level employee. So somebody who's in there making decisions and in the room, they're, they're knowing the ins and outs. And so that person also can be accredited for that investment as well. So that would be someone that works for you. Yes. Correct. So like okay. my CFO would be a knowledge party for- Even if he doesn't deals. meet the other two boxes. Correct. Okay. And then the other one too, the newer one is there are certain exams and licenses you can hold. To be determined. So there's, oh, it's there's, not. there has been a, uh, I believe it was the house bill passed okay. to make a, a test to be accredited, uh, but it hasn't passed. Since no, 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 I'm talking so. about like the series 65. Oh, those broker now. dealer license. Yeah. 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 So now if you have certain licenses, even if you're not accredited by any of the other traditional definitions, and this is really new, this is in the last couple of years that like this is last year, year one year. Yeah. Okay. So now if you have like a series 65, 67, 66, yeah, it's, it's various FINRA license. FINRA is yes. the registry. Uh, they regulate uh, agents and brokers in the yep. securities world. And so if you have one of those licenses, then you can be accredited as well. So there's a few smaller things, but yes. for the most part, it's the net worth million, not not counting your yep. house and or 200. Yes. Uh, separately, 300 if you're married. Married, correctly. yes. Okay. I would say like 99% of my investors meet those two definitions, yeah. one of the two definitions. So I'd say most people, that's really the qualifier you're looking for when you're meeting new people or mm -hmm. you're trying to qualify your investors. And remember, when we're looking at those funds, we talked about it in the previous video, the 506B or C, yes. it defines in there what those investors can and can't Correct. do or exactly. minimum requirements and things like that. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And if you remember with the 506C, that one allows general solicitation, but you have to have accredited investors. Yeah. Remember that, guys. The previous video it was 506C. Mm -hmm. They have to be accredited investors. All of them. All of them, but you don't have to have a substantial relationship. Correct. Exactly. Correct. Okay. So that's so it's starting to hopefully you're starting to kind of put all these pieces, pieces of the together. puzzle together, right? So, okay, so what's then a non-accredited? The opposite of that? Yes. <laughs> let's, let's even go a step before that. We'll okay. go to sophisticated. 
So, which I've never heard of that. I thought there was non-accredited and non-accredited. Yeah. So, so a sophisticated investor is a non-accredited investor, but they're, a, but they're, they're not special. just a non-accredited <laughs> Special non-accredited. Special investors. Yeah. So with those investors, they're not accredited, but we're saying we're, a, a way to think of it is they're financially savvy. So we're trying to figure out, do they possess the resources to understand the risks and the merits of this deal? So do they have uh, maybe a financial education background or what have they invested in in the past? It's different between your different from your st- your typical stocks and bonds. Uh, do they have a financial advisor that's maybe advising them? Mm. So we're trying to see, do you have the possess the skills, resources, knowledge to determine, does this make sense for me or not? Man, that doesn't seem very definitive. Like it, that's, it's not. It <laughs> isn't. It's clear as mud. Yeah. So yeah. how do you stay out of the out of the gray area and feel confident about that. So some of the things you're going to want to do is that if you are taking their investment money and they're qualifying for the investment through their sophistication, you're going to want to understand why are they sophisticated. So when we talked about 506B as in boy and having that pre-existing relationship, when you're building that pre-existing relationship, part of what you want to be doing is figuring out what have your past investments been? Tell me about you know your financial risks that you're able to tolerate. Uh, what types of investments are you interested in? Do you have a financial planner? So you're learning that type of stuff and figuring out if I gave them, them a deal, are they going to be able to piece this together for themselves? So would it be smart to have maybe like a checklist and you fill that out and it goes in a file and you kind of can show you did your due diligence. Yes. Is that what you should do? Uh, oddly enough, we, that's one of the things that I always include and make investors do with that is that we literally call it the investor checklist and it goes through, tell me your education, tell me your past investments, tell me your mm. financial planner and Smart. all of that as part of that record keeping. Nick, because who gets in trouble? If something goes south, are they're going to look at you and say, did you do the things to verify that these yes. investors qualify? Yes. Exactly. Hey, Nick, can we, do you think we can get a template of that for Jerry's subscribers? You're paying, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Done. of course we can throw Done. one in there. Yes. Okay, amazing. So we can add that so that So guys, have would that. you like that checklist? Would that be valuable? I think. Thank you. I that would be amazing. We'll add it. that to the kit. Amazing. Yes, we'll add it to the kit. So remember, guys, there's a link in the description that's got a bunch of resources yes. that Vina's going to be giving you for free. Yes. So that you can start to have these, these things for you. Yes, right? so that'll great. be one of them. Okay, so the for checklist sure. of what defines a non-accredited... Or no, 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 no. Non-sophisticated. A sof- a, we're trying to define qualify if they're sophisticated. Yeah. Okay. And sophisticated puts them in the accredited, accredited box? Or? No. Okay. It's So accredited is only really the major definitions okay. we talked about already. Mm-hmm. This is the unaccredited box, but there's a sliver of sophisticated investors. So in a 506B, right, for clarity, you can have up to 35 unaccredited but sophisticated investors. That you can have, so yeah. that means that you can't have just unaccredited investors that have no sophistication. Like I can't go and ask the McDonald's worker who's making $17 an hour and is like a, a single person, not married to a high income earner or anything like that. Yeah. And has no financial background, no college education, no financial advisor. I can't go to them and be like, oh, I have this deal. I can take 35 people in that same avatar. That won't work because they don't have the sophistication. But now me, for example, when I graduated from college, I graduated with my degree in finance. I worked in private equity shops. So 
someone could have come to me before I met the income or net worth requirements and said, hey, are you sophisticated? And likely I could qualify under that sophisticated definition. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of the difference between the two. So we don't want unaccredited investors in our deals, right? Because we, one, we don't want anyone's last $10,000, right? But two, we want people who can really withstand any kind of market turbulence or volatility. These are alternative assets. And until they get to that level of sophistication or that level of accreditation, they really have other things that they should be focusing on just from like a personal financial health perspective. Yeah, they, they can't be living off of their preferred rate. That Correct. You know, giving yeah. them. Correct. Or, and definitely not initially. Yeah. So that's why you really want to make sure that you are, and I think that's just an ethical obligation, right? Like SEC rules aside, mm-hmm. ethically, none of us want anybody's last no. $10,000, like, Go put it somewhere else. Yeah. Like, you know, money market's doing great right now. Go do that instead, right? But this is a tool and a part of a healthy portfolio includes alternative investments. And if you look to the wealthiest people in the country, they have the majority of their portfolio in alternative investments. Most of us don't invest into the stock market. Like, we might have some holdings, but it does not represent a and majority. What do you mean by alternative investments? Like anything that is not available on like a publicly traded market, okay. private investments, private yeah. placements. Um, so that's your apartments and all the other types. Yeah, of like yeah. anything that falls into our purview of yeah. where you would take like private money or investors or passive yeah. investors. That I would say is like an alternative investment. Now there's other like non traditional stuff, right? Like you could have like crypto became a big yeah, thing recently. And NFTs, and, like those are all alternative. Anything that's not your traditional stocks and bonds is what I would say okay, are yeah, your perfect. alternative investment yeah. classes. Okay. So that's the, that's that one. Um, and then non-accredited would be. And then, yeah, you're plain unaccredited means that they are not accredited. So not 200,000 or not a million dollar net worth. They're not sophisticated. They don't have alternative investments, don't have a financial background and they're just, they yeah don't meet any of those educational or financial metrics your average american yeah it's really unfortunately that's the definition yeah Yeah. but there are funds that will allow those investors to be in the fund yeah so when we were talking about uh regulation a and regulation cf those were the ones that take a bit longer and um you got to host on platforms and things like that with those ones, both of those allow you to advertise so you can do general solicitation, no pre-existing relationships required, um, and you can take capital from anybody at all. The, so that would be like Kickstarter or yes. some of these crowdfunding. So the difference between Kickstarter and what we're talking about is Kickstarter is often referred to as a, a prize crowdfund. So you're getting a gift or maybe a pre-order oh. of the the. The, the widget, the thing, the or pair of shoes, or whatever. But other things where you can give some, you can take a thousand dollars, like those funds. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are a lot, you see a lot more now just websites yeah. where it's like mm-hmm. invest as little as $500. Yeah. yeah. Um, those ones, Crowd Street, you can, those types yes. Those ones. So unaccredited investors can also participate in those. They're just going to be capped as to how much they can invest. Mm. And so typically, I believe the number is 124,000. If it's, if they're unaccredited, and they make above 124, they can invest up to 10% of their income in 12 months. Oh, so they even define unaccredited with yeah. some yeah. vehicles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And then if they're if they're below that 124 range, then they can invest up to 5% of their uh, annual income. But you don't see too many real estate funds doing that, right? Where just like for unaccredited investors, typically we stay away from unaccredited for real estate. Or not necessarily. I think in the world of what you and I are trying to accomplish, we do because 
again, we don't want anyone's last Mm $10,000. Um, secondly, I think the administrative hurdle of having unaccredited investors is significantly higher. So more regulation, not just the regulation, the handholding, the anxiety. So one thing I've learned in raising as much capital as I have is the larger the check, the less, the less you Mm -hmm. hear from them. Yeah. Because the people, like I, I have an investor, right? He is very successful doctor and he's probably written a few million dollars over the years into various projects, but I have a deal that he had a million dollars into. And I was like, Hey, we sold the deal. We made them a boatload of money. Like we returned $1.88 million back to him in 18 months. Like, wow. Yeah, because you flipped it, you turned it. Yeah, we, we flipped it actually. If you want to get an eighteen month flip, I'm a flipper now. <laughs> That's I definitely a flip unplanned. Yeah, it was an unplanned flip, but we made like a stupid amount of money for our investors. And I'm like calling him and leaving message after message after message. I'm to like, tell him, hey, it's Vina. Yeah, can you please call me back? I really want to discuss this I deal. I need your wire instructions. Yeah, right. That's actually exactly what it was. I was like, I need to wire you a whole bunch of money. Call me back. Call me back. Hey, it's Vina again. Hi, Vina. You know, I have almost $2 million of your money. I cannot get a hold of him. And I'm like, should I like page him at the hospital? Like, what do I do? Because he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's a doctor. He's a surgeon, and he's not answering. And then finally, I get a hold of him. He's like, Oh yeah, I saw you had called. I know you did great. Good job. Um, yeah. I'm like, Okay, can you you know send me your wire instructions? I need to get this back to you. I need you to sign off on the release, etc. He's like, yeah, 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 send it to me. I'll get it. And I'm like, okay, great. Cause then I can get this money back to you. It's ready to go. And you know, you always want to be calling your investors when you are telling them like great news, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool. I'll send it over to you. Weeks go by. Doesn't crickets, do it. Crickets. Cause he's busy. Cause rich people just don't care. Like $2 million to him does not represent enough money for him to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I finally have to send him a text. I'm like threatening him that if he doesn't tell me how to pay him, this is going to be a big problem. So I'm like, hey, listen, doc, um, I really need to get this money out. I'm going to wind down the entity. And then it's going to be a problem because I don't know what to do with your money. Then finally that got him to give me his wire instructions to send him the $2 million. But up until that point, I'm sitting here like, I'm literally threatening an investor. (laughs) Versus versus the twenty five thousand dollar investor who's Vina, how's my deal going? Vina, how's my yep. deal going? Vina, what's going on yes. with my project? Yes. So the twenty five thousand dollar <laughs> investor, every other day, texting, texting, hey, calling. How, how's this going? Are things on? What what does this number mean? And it's like the stark difference between yeah. those two, right? So when you have that investor, the twenty five thousand dollars represents so much more of their portfolio than the $2 million investor does. And that's why I had said it earlier that we track our KPIs of what our check size is because it you actually become more efficient the larger your check is. And so for you and I and the people watching this, you really want to be gearing toward accredited investors and if not accredited, definitely sophisticated. We don't really want to be going into unaccredited territory until we've mastered the reg D 506 B and or 506 C. And then we get to the scale where reg A or reg CF is easy for us to bring in because we have the company infrastructure to handle it. Then it's a different ball game because then you're not the one answering to your investors 
all the time for everything. You mm-hmm. maybe have a team that can help mm-hmm. manage and mitigate some of that time suck. So you're 65 million raise right now. What Which one is that? 506C. C. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I just don't know that I have enough cash or capital available in my network to really do a 506B. So you want to be able to broaden the search, broaden yep. your funnel of, As in, I of need investment. To. Right. So if I have to start advertising somewhere to reach more investors, or if I have to start sponsoring things to reach more investors, I can do that because I don't have to have the pre-existing substantive relationship. Yeah, that's fantastic. So. The other thing with yours too, though, with that level of raise, keep in mind with 506B, you only have up to 35 unaccredited sophisticated right. investors. So even if they're given a hundred grand, that's 3.5 million out of 65. Doesn't move the And you're needle. taking away your ability to advertise and solicit yes. for, for 3.5 max. Most not like. worth Good it. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So because a sophisticated but unaccredited investor isn't writing a million dollar check. No. They don't have, if they had it, they would be accredited right. by the very <laughs> definition of it. So that's, right. that's the other thing. It's just, it does, it's a drop in the bucket. Okay. Awesome. Well, that really helps. Yes. I mean, that was explained better than I had ever understood it. And I talked, I've heard accredited and unaccredited, all of that for so much. Good. So hopefully that gives you guys a really good understanding. Yes. Um, we're going to wrap up this video, guys. Again, make sure you leave a comment and say thank you, Vina, for the resources. Thank you for bringing your securities attorney, Nick. Nick, thank you for all your thank expertise. You, Nick. Of course. Isn't Nick amazing? He doesn't, yes. he doesn't seem at all like a dry, boring attorney <laughs> yeah. who reads thousands of pages of documents. Thankfully, no. And also he shows up when you snap your fingers. <laughs> So you guys try this at home, snap your fingers and see if Nick appears. Yeah, try it. Awesome. (laughs) And then report back. (laughs) And we'll put your information, guys, so that you can follow Vina. She's really blowing up the the real estate community with her education and the things she's doing. And and uh, you've got some really amazing, your, your Facebook group is just Thank phenomenal. It's so you. fun. I, I've, I've really been enjoying that. And, Appreciate and it. Nick's contact info as well. And guys, again, we have a link for the playlist. So make sure that you're following along as these videos come out. I think our next video, well, we'll see what it is. We've got a whole list here of different videos, but we'll see you guys on the next video.